Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Robin Boyd with you today. Sandra's off for the day, but I do hope all of you have had a wonderful weekend. If there's a dad in your life somewhere, I hope it was a great one and you were able to have a wonderful weekend with um, everyone who's special to you. Today, I want to uh, welcome Blythe Lippman to join me today. Blythe is a Toganet host as well. If you have not listened to any of her shows, she just celebrated her 200th show on Toganet. She's the host of Yay! Baby and Toddler Instructions every Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. And we hope that you are hardcore listeners as I am. I tune in every chance I get. Blythe, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me on. I can't contain myself. I had to clap. Sorry. I'm so excited. Love my show. Love doing my show. We are so proud of you. And my goodness, Blythe, you have had so many remarkable people on your show, and you have brought such a wealth of information to people. It is difficult being a new mom. And um, like your book says, my baby came without instructions. (laughs) It's very, very difficult. And the help that you bring to new moms and you know what not even brand new moms but sometimes grandmas need a little reminder too because things do change um what has some of the most exciting things been for you as you have launched and rolled out your books your help books well you know what don't forget i have helped my toddler came without instructions too which has a lot in it too there's a lot of struggles there um you know, it's interesting, Robin, because I have been helping a new mom the last couple of weeks. Baby's only three weeks old. Yeah. And, you know, what amazes me the most is that there's so many new things on the market, and moms really don't know what they need. Yes. I mean, some of the things are wonderfully helpful. Some of the things are absolutely ridiculous. And... I was so happy. I love doing my show to have all these great guests to share their expertise about products, about everything. I mean, I have Connie Grenning on once a month to talk about what's hot, what's not in the baby and child world. But seeing some of these things and being able to teach this mom, for instance, the funniest thing to me, and you'll understand, (laughs) are the things they have for the bath. When you give the baby the bath to check to see if the water is too hot. Well, come on, guys. It's like we take a shower. We're not going to burn ourselves. That's right. But it's a reasonable question because you have this little baby with this very new soft skin. And do you make it lukewarm? Do you make it on the cold side? 
So I go back to probably what your mother did and my mother did is the inside of the wrist or the elbow. Yeah. And you know what? That's our soft spot, you know, when we're growing up. And it's okay. You know, I, it's really funny because when I do workshops, I have this little duck that I bought to show people what they really don't need. And you yeah. float you float the duck in the bathtub, and if it's too hot, you turn it over like that toy at the, car- at the carnival, and you turn it over, and, it, and the word says hot. If it's oh. too hot, it's like, you don't need this. Does it do it in a, in a quacky voice, or does it do- it's, it's too close. hot? Quack, quack. Oh, you know, at the carnival, the thing, you, you pick up the duck, the windsaw, it's just like that, just floats, yep. so you have to pick it up and look and see if it says hot. <laughs> I know there is so many times that um, I think there is um, um, so many gadgets and so many uh, little gizmos. Some of them are helpful, but then some of them you have to say, whoa, I cannot take out a third mortgage on the house to get all of this baby paraphernalia just to take care of this little tiny person. I mean, it it can get kind of crazy. But on the other hand, it's kind of fun to have some of these things for new grandmas to buy and, and new aunties to buy, I suppose. But, but you know but, what? You can't have too many burp cloths and you can't have too many, too many diapers. Right, right. But um, I don't know about the plug-in wipe warmer for the car. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have not seen that one. <laughs> but you know, what? You, you put the wipey in your hand for like three seconds and then it's your body temperature and then it should be just right. <laughs> so anyway, Blythe, I wanted to talk a little bit real quickly with you. Summer is coming. Everybody's getting ready to go on vacation. Some of our military families have uh, spouses or partners that are deployed. So all of a sudden, older kids are home from school. Babies are home. They got to go out and do stuff with the kids. What's sort of your kind of sanity rule? What have you got for us that's going to keep ourselves sane, keep the kids happy, um, get us through a trip to the fair or whatever. Well, you know what? Let's talk about getting getting any place, especially with a toddler. You always need to take snacks, healthy snacks. Put them in your purse. If you're going to be going on a road trip, go to the dollar store, buy some age appropriate toys, and don't go to you know don't go spend lots of money. And only use them for the trip. And one at a time, hand something out if you're going to go on a long road trip. I mean, I have a chapter called Mommy, I'm Bored. And I have all kinds of activities from having a pajama party at the playground in the morning. I love it. And then maybe going out to breakfast. You know what? Children love to play with water. You can buy those miniature watering cans and a little paintbrush and take them outside and let them paint the house or the apartment or wherever you might live. That's that's good for at least an hour. Yeah. Put them in their bathing suit. Let them do that. Also, also, children love to help. Something as simple that parents don't think about because they don't know. Give them one of your one of your clean rags and let them help you clean. Children love to help. They don't. There's nothing better than helping mommy or daddy. And something that simple when they're bored, say, "Come on, can you help me and wipe the cabinets? Or how about if we wipe the toys?" And it, even if it's just having them do the motion, they just the fact that they feel like they're contributing is so important. Oh, it is. It really is. And you don't, 
you know, sometimes parents think they have to go out and they have to buy big expensive things or they have to have an activity every minute. And this is the other thing, Robin, I know you'll agree. You don't have to have a plan every single minute. You know what? It, it exhausts everybody. Sometimes it's great just to let everybody stay in their jammies, spread out a blanket on the floor and have breakfast on the floor and turn on, you know, turn on something fun they like to watch and make it a party. You know, we used to do that a lot when my kids were little. We would bring a pitcher of lemonade or whatever out and, and go outside and sit on the lawn. And we would it would be take us 20 minutes to just drag everything out to the lawn. <laughs> but we would just go out and we would sit. And I know that this is a luxury for some because some don't have this luxury, especially if you're working the 9 to 5 every day. But then you do it maybe after supper when you get home because that's sort of your downtime. You, you turn the phone off or you turn the TV. You you know, and you just have that one-on-one -on -one time. I think so many times kids get a little bit cranky because they just want that little bit of your attention. So building that into your day is so important. Also, when you get home at 5 o'clock, give them something to do with the dinner. Even if, you know what, even if it means just mixing a spoon and a bowl, with, even a little baby likes to mix or sit in their high chair with a spoon, you know, it's really give them something to do. If they're an older toddler, give them something to do that they actually can help set the table for you. But, you know, you all do need to eat dinner and everybody's tired. Let's face it. If you work nine to That's five, right. you're so tired when you come home. Very much so. And it is hard to be creative. So like you say, Blythe, I love that thought about keeping them doing things with you because, I mean, they, they love to imitate their mom or their dad or their the grown-up in their life they love that and um, being able to be a part of it another thing when I was traveling Blythe I used to always keep like two of something because if something got chucked and it went on the floor and the bus or whatever <laughs> and they started screaming about it I would never give it back to them I would just give them either that a, a second item or a new item that they hadn't seen yet just because I kind of cringe whenever anybody picks something up off the off the floor of the train or the bus and gives give it back to the kids it's sort of one of my my hygiene issues <laughs> I agree you know and I want to add to that because so many times your child will have that one special lovey and with the internet we all order things online and you think oh, I'll always be there you know what listen to Robin and order two yeah yeah, I just I just always would have that extra one tucked away. Um, we I am so excited, Blythe. We have we could talk um, about traveling quite a bit, but today I do want to introduce you to a lady that I have just met, um, and I'm so excited to learn more about her. Um, I'm going to really try very hard to pronounce her name <laughs> properly. Grace Tiscareno Sato is her name. She is an author. She is. Is um, a military uh, member. She was a. Um, I'm, I'm just pulling up all of the things that this remarkable woman has done. She is a an Air Force veteran. She is a business owner, and um, I am just delighted to have her with us today. Uh, Grace, are you with us on the air? I'm here, Robin. Thanks I'm for having me. 
so glad to hear you. And I might add so quickly, we kind of scrambled today. Uh, you were in the Air Force for nine years. You have founded uh, a multicultural marketing organization and you are an author and also among all of that you are a mom (laughs) how many children do you have I have three children I have a girl a girl and a boy ages 12 just turned 10 and 7 oh my goodness now in the conversation in the conversation today, not only do we want to talk a little bit about um, all of your accomplishments, but how you were able to fit a lot of those accomplishments in being a mom and, and a wife as well. Because there, it, it, with all of the accomplishments that you've done, um, there's still a lot to do as a family. So we want to make sure that we help everyone uh, learn all about Grace. And we'll be back with Grace and Blythe in just a minute on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Kids, do you think you're creative? Do you want to be? Don't have enough time for your arts, crafts, and hobbies? Or do you just need a kick in the pants? Hi, I'm Mark Lipinski, the host of Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, right here on TogiNet Radio. Come on and join me every Wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest, fun-filled hours of your week. Hey, need ideas? How about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration? Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on toginet.com. Now what are you waiting for? Have you been laid off? Fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective, all must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, 
Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad you're with us today. This is Robin Boyd with you today, and I am joined by Blythe Lippman, host of Baby and Toddler Instructions, right here on Toganet. And our guest today is Grace Tiscareño Sato, and I'm hoping I'm doing that okay. She served as air crew member and a contingency planning officer during her nine years of Air Force service. And after a career in global tech marketing, she founded and published um, a multicultural marketing firm called Gracefully Global Group. That was in 2010. Um, There are so many more things that we need to learn about Grace, but Grace, the first thing I'd like to do is get a little bit of your background. Your parents were Mexican immigrants, and how did your family come to the States to begin with? My mom and dad came through uh, El Paso, Texas, which is where I was born, and Mm -hmm. my dad worked in Los Angeles. My mom stayed at home and eventually had five children. And we were living in Texas a little bit and moved to Colorado where the rest of my four siblings were born. Um, So that's a a quick summary of how everybody got here. And I pretty much, as the oldest, I was trying to figure out how I was going to go to college. And um, I knew we didn't have money. But uh, that's where my military uh, story starts, really, is finding a way and having an awesome counselor with a husband who is an Air Force officer who gave me some good advice. So you were married before you went into the military, or did you go into the military right after school? Well, what happened was I went in to see my high school counselor, and I told her I wanted to go to college. And I had friends Mm -hmm. whose parents were all college educated, and my parents were not. And so my counselor said, well, I have an idea. Come to my house for dinner. And her husband was an Air Force major who had gone to college on an Air Force ROTC scholarship. So I learned the details that you can go to college first, have the Air Force pay for it, and come out as an officer. So I said, wow, okay, let me try that. And the first year was try before you buy. So I applied for the scholarship. Living in Colorado, I applied for the scholarship to go to uh, University of California, Berkeley, in California, and I was accepted for the scholarship. I was accepted to Berkeley, and nobody in my family had ever served in the military, so I was just kind of going out there. Wow. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was really the best thing I could have done for myself at that young age of 18, just mm. go somewhere, really focus on becoming a scholar and studying, you know, cutting the cord, moving away, and uh, having it funded by the Air Force. So that's really where the story began of, of how I ended up uh, going that way. Wow. Was the Air Force intriguing to you because of what it potentially would entail, or did they offer you other branches of service? Well, you know, it's funny. If my counselor's husband had been in the Navy, then I would have gone into the Navy. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know anything. Um, The only thing I knew was what I learned at that dinner. I mean, seriously, it's incredible when you reflect on who who impacts your life. And, Mm. you know, I know later we're going to talk about what I'm doing now and in terms of mentoring and uh, doing the STEM consulting and the role modeling. But it it all comes back to that. When you don't know anything about your options, you're wide open to examples of possibilities. And that's what happened. So it wasn't so much that I was evaluating one service over another. I was really focused on which schools I wanted to go to. And I wanted to study architecture and then, of course, aerospace studies. So it really came down to that. Um, it's it's kind of a simplistic thing, but if you think back to where I was, 
with no history of military service, then that that really became the way to go. And he he wasn't a flyer. Uh, her my counselor's husband was not flying, but I learned hmm. that that was a possibility uh, if it was interesting to me later on. But it was really I was looking for college funding, and and a pathway after that, and that's how it started. Wow. I have a question. Can I ask you a question? Yes, yes. Go ahead. Would you have done it differently or if somebody came to you and said, hey, Grace, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? I want to go to college, but this could be an option. Looking, you know, having done it, what would you tell somebody today? I would say absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm very vocal about this because I think there is, you know, there's a lot of coverage that we see now, uh, especially when it comes to women, that is not positive. There's a lot of not positive imagery and news coming out of, you know, the military, all the branches. And I think a lot of kids, I, I know this firsthand, actually, a lot of parents of young people who uh, are entertaining service, especially the girls, uh, I think are being scared away from it. And I think a lot of the, the good lifelong benefits of military service that I've experienced and a lot of women have experienced, I think that's getting lost in the current, um, you know, the, the news headlines. And I think there's a lot of stories that are just not positive. So I think that's why it's really, really important that those of us women who have had these positive experiences go out and speak about them because I would hate for young girls to be scared away from all the fantastic leadership experiences and, you know, technical knowledge and training and aviation that, that I got to do and others have done because of the headlines. So I would absolutely tell them to uh, apply for the ROTC scholarships for any of the services, and, and I do that. I do that on a regular basis, actually. I've turned into my counselor's husband in a way. <laughs> I go out and open eyes of, of, of people who just don't know about this option. Were you scared? Did you fly, did you fly planes? Well, I had never actually been on an airplane. This is what's amazing, too, when I think about it. Uh, I had been on one flight when I was two years old, before we had all the other kids, you know, before my parents had five kids. <laughs> but I had never been on a plane ever. I did not fly to California. My parents drove me from Colorado. My first time in an airplane was in a T-37 uh, training jet in the Air Force. Um, uh, Williams Air Force Base, and very cool fact is they put me with a woman pilot. Instructor Ooh, pilot, wow. Good, lady great. captain. So my very first airplane ride here, I am in this trainer, and she's letting me fly and <laughs> do on rolls, and you know, just letting me fly the thing. And and so I thought, well, that's cool. And so she really told me what I would need to do to apply to to go to flight school, either pilot training or navigation school, which is where I went. But I didn't know anything about that either, right? I, you know, when I started, I was just like, okay, how do I go to school and all that? And I thought I was going to go into civil engineering corps. But after that flight with the captain, she's the one who said, but here's what you do. You know, after your second year, you can apply for flight school, and they'll look at your grades, and they'll look at your physical fitness scores, and et cetera, et cetera. So what was she doing? She was mentoring me. She was, it was like an informational interview that I had in the plane, right, like finding out more about this pathway of this career I really knew nothing about. And so I went in, you know, eyes open. The civil engineering woman said, the lieutenant I met said, oh, no, no, you don't want to do that. You'll be filling potholes for generals. Anyone who's lived on base knows what that means, right? You know, who do you call when there's something wrong with your street? You call civil engineering. And so I thought that that's what I wanted to do. She said, no, you don't want to do that. So I was getting great advice from women officers that I was meeting that summer. And so that's why I ended up going 
to fly. I went ahead and I put my name in the hat for the boards, and I was wow. selected for uh, undergraduate navigation training. And it was amazing because, again, I didn't know I was going to do that either. But it, it all came down to being ready for those opportunities and, and, and having a, a major that had technical classes and being open to the, the challenges of math and science, which I'd always loved, and saying, okay, let me try that. You know, what, what do I have to lose if I take that training? And so that's, that's really the advice I give is, you know, just keep opening doors for yourselves, and you don't even know what's behind the seventh door that opens because I didn't know. But just staying open to those possibilities, it's very important for all young people but especially, you know, for girls and doing things that girls um, usually don't think about doing and are not encouraged to do. That's we need you to do the commencement us. exercises. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I said they needed you to do the commencement exercises. Great. Oh, Great commencement? advice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, you know, I just did one last week in San Jose, California at a high school. Oh. And I want to do oh. more of those because uh, I think the, the short-sightedness of youth that you know, most when we were thinking back to when we were young people, we weren't looking at twenty, thirty years ahead. But right. when I when I speak now to uh, you know K through twelve and, and you know younger middle school, high school, I always have them project the future and think about about what stories they're telling their kids. And you know, by telling the stories that I write about others and, and share my own story, is you know having them appreciate the decisions you make now about what you do after high school about the educational opportunities, the educational pathways that you choose, that will have direct and profound consequences to your children and, yes, your grandchildren. And nobody told me that, but I understand that now. Because, you know, as as I do the work that I do in the Latino community, that is especially important is that it's not just about you. It's about your legacy. It's about your children, your grandchildren, and about somebody has to go first and, and do the hard thing to figure out the educational system or figure out the military training or whatever it is they're going to do because okay. of the, the benefits to your descendants. Grace, we've got just about two minutes before the break. In that two minutes, I'm wondering if you could just encapsulate any ob- uh, obstacles that you may have faced, whether it be gender, cultural, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about your financial uh, reason for joining, but did you face any obstacles that maybe others may not have faced? You know, I, I love this question, and I'm going to quote several women that I've heard answer this question, and I'm going to paraphrase it. An airplane does not know or care the gender of the operator. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the actual work in the airplane, uh, I was an instructor navigator in the KC-135, which is a refueling jet. Uh, you know, we mm-hmm. connect to other airplanes in the sky, and we give them fuel so they can get where they're going to do their mission. So the airplane really doesn't care who's got their hands on the buttons, on the throttles, anything. So it's really That's, about the technical yeah. knowledge. So I, I didn't really ever feel like that was a challenge in terms of what the work was and what the training was and the knowledge I was acquiring. I think probably and I think that's the important for people to the, hear. The, you know, yeah. jovial teasing that people do. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, boy, boys, boys say stuff, and then you just have to be able yeah. to yeah. have thick skin and, and, you know, kid them back. So yeah. but I didn't yeah. really ever face anything like that, believe it or not. That's wonderful. We're here today with Grace Tiscareno Sato. She is uh, with us today. She is an author, and we're going to hear more about her books and how she came about going from being an Air Force aviator to an author. Right back with 
Grace in Life right after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, in ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the Woo-Woo. Are you stuck in a rut, wondering if there's more than a nine-to-five? Do you ever yell out, is this all there is? Then join Alaska Coach Keith's radio show, where we'll focus on transition, career revitalization, and freedom. Keith will discuss tips and tricks for developing and living to our highest potential. It's time we dusted off our dreams and became alive with purpose. Keith will share lessons he's learned from a 20-year study of career engagement, motivation, and personal leadership. He'll interview experts and authors who know both struggle and triumph. You may even get a chance to bring your biggest challenge to the radio for an on-the-spot coaching with Keith. Join Alaska Coach Keith each week. Conceive, believe, achieve. Heard every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central, right here. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today. Sandra Beck is off today, but in her place, we have the amazing Blythe Lippman, author, founder of Baby Instructions, in teacher, caregiver, keynote speaker, been on the radio, been on TV. What haven't you done, Blythe? <laughs> I haven't taken a nap today. Oh. <laughs> I love everything I do. Thanks, Robin. 
You're amazing. You just are a truly remarkable woman. And also in that remarkable category, we have Grace Tiscareño Sato with us today, an air crew member, aviator, and after her military service, became a, um, a business owner, an entrepreneur, and then an author. So, Grace, we'd like to kind of now go, after you've spent nine years in the military, that transitional period that I think every military person has to face, and some do it with dread and some do it with excitement. But how did you transition from the military into civilian life and find your path, your journey, your career? I think you're going to see a pattern here. I was mentored. I was mentored by some <laughs> women as I was leaving the service. One of mm-hmm. the captains, senior captains that was there, she had left about six months before me. She had separated. And both of us had been speaking at a local conference there at uh, Fairchild Air Force Base, Expanding Your Horizons. It's a conference to provide uh, non-traditional career role models for young girls. And so as she was leaving the Air Force, she started bringing me to um, a group of businesswomen that she was networking with in the community. And we'd been speaking at this conference at Expanding Horizons. Some of the women that were there were also involved. And long story short, these women became my accountability group. They became the women who asked me the tough questions of what I wanted to do next with my career. And I I did finish my master's before I left, international business management. Mm -hmm. So I I had those credentials, but I really, again, here I am resetting, going into the civilian world, never had a job interview in my life because I've been in the cockpit. And it was these women Mm -hmm. who, again, said, well, this is what this is, and this is what this is in the world, and here's some people you can meet. So the pattern here is I surrounded myself by women who could help me learn what I needed to do before going into the next step. And that is why it is so important that our veterans who are leaving the service now have that same support structure of people that are already doing these careers that they don't know much about but might be perfect for. And so I do a personal branding workshop to help uh, transitioning members understand how to communicate the not everything, but their best, most marketable skills in the civilian world with compelling language so that they stand out. And that's because that's what they did for me. That's what these women did for me, exactly. Very important. Do you have workshops focusing just on reintegrating veterans, or um, do they end up finding you by, by luck? What I've been doing mostly, Robin, is universities, where veterans mm-hmm. are taking some classes as they're exiting and as they're transitioning, or maybe they've already transitioned, and they're enrolled at universities, and there's a student veteran center at a college or university, and they find me, we find each other. But certainly, I can go to bases and do it. That that would actually be my preference, is to do it before they get out, because you're kind of in this hole when you get out, and... It would be really great to help the veterans with that transition because that's that's how I was helped. Mm. I never went into that hole. I never went into that self-doubt of am I worth anything in the civilian world and who's really going to find me and are my skills worth anything. I never had to go into that hole because these women were keeping me you know, continuously informed and connected, and that's the key is all the networking before leaving the Air Force. And I would love to be able to do more of that. It is so important, and we have had other people on our show talk a little bit about that um, transition process, and I think that the military is trying to do a little bit more as far as that out process to be able to give you some guidelines, but 
as we know, the VA is is trying very hard to do some restructuring and do their best and, and to be able to give the guidelines that they need to. Therefore, all of the networking that we are doing um, on our on the civilian side, I think, is so important to be able to give resources. And sometimes it's giving the resources to the families while the person is still serving because then those families can say, gee, listen to this or, gee, I read this or, gee, let's look into this a little bit more. What do you think? Right. Um, and, and that's remarkable. Well, and I think what's really important for families to understand is that as the transition happens, you know, that's a great time for, you know, is is mom serving? Is dad serving? Is dad serving? Is mom home? You know, really evaluate the whole structure of what the family is doing and why not take a chance and, um, you know, really look at what can we do going forward. What's, again, the long-term view of our family and who who can we help by, by networking? And I think the answer is both. Because they might mm-hmm. take turns. You know, one might take turns earning the money and staying home, and then they can switch. And if you've got two people that can possibly go out there in the world and market themselves better, um, and, you know, especially with the, the valuable military experiences and leadership and family management organization that, that the spouse is doing, uh, you know, that's the key is how could you go forward and make those skills uh, sound like a compelling fit for potential employers. And and I, I have to be critical because I know that people who are exiting today, they still do not have the marketing skill set, and that is the most important skill set you can have coming out of the military into the civilian world, whatever you're going to do, that ability to think about who am I talking to, mm-hmm. what are the words that I can say to convey my best mm-hmm. value to them. And that match is not a natural skill that military people have. I mean, they, military mm-hmm. teaches us a lot of things. It does, does not teach us that. And it so isn't... that's the skill that the women that surrounded me really mm-hmm. helped me with. And that is what I focus on is, you know, the ability for either the military spouse or the veteran to really communicate those most important uh, values and skills into the workforce. And you know, that I is say... not at all a part of the transitioning curriculum. Right. Go it's ahead, just, Blythe. It's so important because, you know, whether you're transitioning from the military or whether you're just going to get a job, I mean, you were so lucky to have these wonderful mentors. Yes. But if just what you said, Grace, the one sentence that somebody's going to say to you when you go to get a job is, what can you do for me? Not, what can I do for you? Right. You know, I'm going to put dinner on your table. They want to know exactly what you're going to do for them. And if, and that message is so important if women just remember that or men when they go to get a job or whatever they're doing next. Well, mm. and a really neat phenomenon that is happening, and it's one of these untold stories, is the amount of entrepreneurship that is happening with women veterans and, yes, men as well. And one of those examples is, uh, well, best example that I can offer you is womenvetspeak.com, and that is the National Women Veterans Speakers Bureau. That is eight women that have come together. Uh, I co-founded this with Linda Maloney, who's a naval aviator and also an author, and we said, you know what? We have all these women that are starting their own businesses. They're doing leadership talks. They're going out there and talking about their careers and, and whatever service they were in. You know, we've got women who served 30 years ago. We've got women who left the service five years ago. Big variety, and everybody has written a book to tell their story. And that entrepreneurial drive that military women have and a lot of military men, I think that's just not something that is well-known. And that is something that is an option that they should hear about as they're transitioning. They might not be able to do it right away, 
but wow, what if they could actually meet people who are veterans who are running successful businesses? And it would be just like the counselor back in high school who told me about this thing I didn't know anything right. about, and then you actually might take that path. And so I think as you see my story, it all comes back to being surrounded by people who um, who could coach me and hold my hand and take me forward. And that's exactly just what I keep doing now for the different communities that, that I serve. That's phenomenal. I want to re- reiterate that sh- uh, that Grace is the co-founder of the National Women's Veteran Speakers Bureau, and the website for that is womenvetspeak.com. So please uh, visit that website and uh, definitely look into some of the remarkable women that are there, including Grace. And we did have Linda Mahoney, um, Maloney on, uh, I believe it was last year, so um, definitely a, a-, a- great forum of women and you're right that influence that if, if they can do it so can I maybe and and that's what younger girls in and, and even some women who are maybe just in a transition of their life Grace we have a just a couple of minutes we've got one more break coming up and on the other side I want to talk about your books Latino Vating Green American Jobs and the Latinos Creating Them and then of course your good night Captain Mama and Buenas Noches Capitan Mama uh, it, beautiful bilingual children's picture book about why mommies and women serve. Um, did the book come before or after you founded your, um, your company? We released the book less than a year ago. Oh, so wow. The company came first. Yeah, the company came mm-hmm. first. And really what we decided to do, um, that the shortest possible way I could say it is, I founded this company about three and a half years ago. Uh, it's an award-winning, independent, multicultural educational publisher of leadership and entrepreneurship case studies that feature imagery that is positive from the Latino community. So I'm Latina. As we said earlier, my parents are from Mexico. And if you look around, you know, there has never been a bilingual children's book about women in the military. Like, it just hadn't been done to do it in English and in Spanish. It, you know, it took a different life experience to create that kind of children's literature. And so... I could, and I did, uh, for both of the books that you mentioned, I could try to find a traditional publisher, but I'm also a business-minded person. And when you do the numbers and you really get into the industry, at the end of the day, you don't want some random guy in New York owning your intellectual property. And that's an, <laughs> that's an entrepreneurship sentence right there. So I figured out how to create a publishing company that had global distribution, and we're just publishing our own books into the world, including e-books, which we just announced. Oh, fantastic. Remarkable, Grace. And and talk about taking the bull by the horns and you're just going to make it happen the right way. We are with we are today with Blythe Lippman as well as Grace Tiscareño Sato and we want to encourage you to stay tuned for the remaining of the show. We've got lots more coming ahead on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heart-Filled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. 
Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Simaluka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Simaluka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's American way. Your name at the top of his list and a statue of Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today. If you've missed any of this show or any of our other shows, please do find us at iTunes. You can find us at Military Mom Talk Radio. You can always find our podcasts right here on the Toganet station on our show page, uh, as well as Blythe's show. Blythe is on Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m., Baby and Toddler Instructions. And she, too, you can find all of her shows uh, and all of her podcasts for free on iTunes. Um, before we uh, get to the end of the show, I have just got to make sure that we say congratulations to you, Grace. You were um, among those nominated, or not nominated, but awarded the Champion of Change by the White House. Can you give us just a real wow. quick... <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Quick. If that this could be quick, spring, I can't imagine. There was an open call for women veterans, for people who know women veterans, to nominate them for this, uh, this recognition at the White House Champions of Change, which really comes down to doing work in the community to, to improve something. It was a very open-ended category, and apparently 400 women were nominated, and I was one of 10 blessed to be chosen and went to the White House end of March with my sister and my best friend, who were two of the women that nominated. And so I got to meet nine other women 
uh, at the White House. And what was very interesting about that is that half of us are running our own businesses. So it was a mix of women who are serving in veteran leadership positions in you know state or countywide organizations, but half of us, a full half of us, are running our own businesses or uh, social ventures of some kind. So I thought that was really extraordinary uh, to my earlier point oh, about what we choose to do extraordinary after. Extraordinary indeed. I don't think extraordinary even begins to cover the adjectives. This is remarkable. Congratulations. You, you Thank certainly you so are. Much. Thank um, you. A leader in so many terms, so many ways of describing the word leadership. Um, Your books, it's amazing to think that you have the first bilingual book about um, children's uh, families being in the military. Mm -hmm. What... Where was the beginning of this book? It, your son had something to do with it, I hear. My son did. It was the night before Veterans Day, and I was going to present at his preschool. And he saw me in my flight suit before bedtime. Just walked by and saw me. And like curious little three-year-olds do, they came in, or he yeah. came in and started just pulling patches off, nice colorful Velcro patches on the flight suit. And what happened as he pulled each one off and asked questions is I had to, with absolutely no preparation whatsoever, uh, think about what I was going to say to him about each thing without using complicated language and just really explain to him what each of the parts meant. The wings, the star on top of the wings, the rank on the shoulders, the name tag, the command patch. Uh, so I, I chose words, and then when he walked out of the room, Robin, and he said, I love you, Captain Mama, that was one of those oh. moments where something special just happened, and I ran downstairs after he went to sleep, and I just drafted the story that night. And so what it has become, it's the beginning of what I see as an aviation adventure series, where in this first book, young children learn why mommy serves. It's the why book. Why does she wear that uniform? Why is she going to go fly at night when I'm sleeping? Why does she do that strange work connecting to airplanes? Why, why, why? And what does it all mean? And I really, as I did my research, I realized two very important things. There's a lot of books about separation because Mm -hmm. children are enduring that and have been enduring that for a long time. But the core question of why she does it hadn't really been addressed in children's literature and certainly not in Spanish. And since that was my first language before I started kindergarten, I wanted to Mm -hmm. bring that story to little kids exactly like me who are starting school speaking only Spanish. And so it's got the dual benefit of bringing my story to kids like me, but also bringing Mm -hmm. a second language, Spanish, to kids who are growing up with English. And so it goes both ways in terms of the the multilingual benefit. And And I I really want to say it's book be the book of choice in um, uh, preschool, kindergarten, all the way through third grade for Veterans Day. Because, again, we just don't have books that have images of of powerful women in leadership positions. And those images are really, really important for both girls and boys to to see very young. Who is your uh, illustrator? I want to give her credit. My illustrator is a local artist here in the Bay Area in San Francisco, and she is the daughter of an Air Force veteran. Her name is Linda Lenz. So we kept it all in the Air Force family to create this book, and we're working on the second one already. Oh, how wonderful. I have to say the layout of this book is charming because the the dual languages, the, 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 the scripts are so unintrusive to what you're capturing in the illustrations, yet you have the both um, the Spanish and the English written, 
but the the pictures are just so captivating that um, I, I all of a sudden you're realizing that you are almost reading this in tandem because you find yourself looking down to reading it in Spanish and it's it's wonderful to for kids to have that first exposure maybe to another language because maybe they have never had somebody speaking a different language in their life or if they have that's sort of a little open door for them to say oh okay I can share this with my friend exactly who speak anything English the you same can way do that I do to spark the curiosity about another language mm-hmm. in a you know, the 21st century globalized economy, especially which our military families live in, sure. I think that's a very good thing. And the the most powerful thing happens when I went to a school, it's a Title I school, and I was actually asked to present at an assembly in Spanish because 85% of the kids uh, were Latino. And, of course, they were learning English, but they the, the principal knew that they would understand the story more if I read it in Spanish. And when I was done, a little five-year-old girl walked out. She pulled on my sleeve. And in Spanish, she said to me, Capitan Mama, you know, Captain Mama, I want to fly on the airplanes like you did. And for a little girl whose first language is Spanish, to have that idea at the age of five, something I didn't even know about until I was 20, that's Mm. why I do this, is because those stories will spark the imagination all the way down to the youngest children in two languages. And that's very, very important to me. If we're going to have, you know, a military where everybody really does have the opportunity to, A, know about what's available for military careers and, B, actually mm-hmm. know how to how to get there. And so that's really become part of the mission is to, to tell those stories all the way down to the age of three. And I want to commend you for all of the work that you're doing, especially in the middle school, high school, and college levels. Um, as we talked a little bit, as we... Today, getting ready for the show, we talked a little bit about your being a STEM consultant, science, technology, engineering, and math. Those areas, especially for girls, are so um, – the littler ones are very anxious to be uh, involved in those kinds of careers. And then all of a sudden, when they get to that junior high and early high school level – all of a sudden that confidence in the girls just completely drops and the boys pursue those careers and the girls end up going into something different and the ratio is so disproportionate. So I'm really congratulating you for the work that you are doing to to enhance the potential in these young girls. Well, and it comes back again. You know, first, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. That's very, very important to me. And it's work that everybody really needs to do. Anybody who's got anything to say, anything to show, to encourage young girls to pursue really the the best-paying jobs and where innovation is and the the career Mm -hmm. that brings you global mobility, that's it. And why we lose girls to whatever we lose them to is it's decades. It's been going on for decades and decades. And so what I know that we can do as women and as moms is that we can make sure that we are introducing our daughters to those Again, you know, not to <laughs> not to repeat this too much, but it's the story of my life. It's the mentors. It's the role models. Yeah. It's the person that tells you, shows you, takes you to the airport when you've never been there and shows you something completely different. And it's just the story of my life of how everything has happened for me is that somebody told me, somebody showed me, someone took the time. And so that's just what I do. And the recent example is we took 800 middle school students to Stanford for a two-day career <laughs> retreat. 
And this is in uh, East Palo Alto, within four miles of Stanford, but in a district where um, a lot of low-income families reside and a very high dropout Mm -hmm. rate. So the new superintendent brought me in, and so we took all these kids for a two-day career retreat and showed them 35 different speakers that I coordinated, including people from NASA, including pilots, financial analysts, engineers of all different kinds. And again, these kids had never been exposed to these careers at all. And we gave everybody bookmarks of the person that they met to summarize oh. their story, resources to learn more about the person, resources to learn more about the career, uh, you know, how much money are you making five years out of college, all this stuff kids want to know at that young age to make decisions. But We're you have to so be very great. intentional, and and uh, the, the system that has created the status quo problem cannot be the system on its own to fix it. They do mm-hmm. need us out in the community who want to be those role models and want to do that work, and so I'm extremely happy that that's the work I get to do, and literature, mm-hmm. creating literature opens that door. Oh, and I, I'm just so excited to learn more about your series. And the first of this series is called Good Night, Captain Mama. Um, and I do hope that you look for it. Go to the website, www.captainmama.com. And if you'd like to hear more from Grace, when you're at that site, go to Speaking Schedule and Testimonials. You're going to find her all over the place. You must have your suitcase just packed to the hilt. <laughs> you're going it's to summertime. Be <laughs> it is. We've got just a minute, so I want to quickly run down this. June 30th, you're going to be at the Nellis Air Force Base, July 26th in Spokane, Washington, and in Watsonville, California, down in September. You're going to be in Santa Cruz, California, September 28th, and a Veterans Day celebration at Rosemead Public Library in Rosemead, California, November 15th. For all of those dates and more, please go to CaptainMama.com. And you also want to visit her as well as other women of the Women's Veteran Speakers Bureau at WomenVetsSpeak.com. Grace, what a delight. Thank you so much for being with us today. Robin, thank you for asking. I really appreciated the invitation. It's the first of many, I hope. I hope we'll have you with us uh, many more times in the future. And Blythe, thank and you Blythe, for your questions as well. <laughs> yes. Blythe, you're, you're a sweetheart. I love you, and we'll be in touch on Wednesday, I'm sure, because I'll be in your audience on Wednesday for Baby and Toddler Instructions. Take care. Join us next week. We have Dr. Kevin Hull coming. PTSD, uh, no, excuse me, a... Um, Asperger's Syndrome Specialist. He'll have lots more to share with you next week. Join us then on Military Mom Talk Radio.